0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. My name is Adam, and today I'm talking to myself, as always, which is fun. I like it; it's enjoyable. Um, and today I got to thinking—I don't know where this thought came from in my brain—but I started doing a lot of searching, went down the rabbit hole, even went to answerthepublic.com, and before I know it, I come up with this idea: is, is uh, where today we're talking about brain transplant, and actually, more specifically, head transplants. So I got to thinking. It's 2020, we have so many miraculous procedures that have been cutting edge and, and uh, you know, stuff we never thought we, in a million years we'd be doing. Hell, even the last 10 years have been like leaps and bounds in, in the medical field and scientific studies. And um, so I got to searching, got to looking, got the little, little little search around, see, see what I can come up with and uh, a little sip first. Mm-hmm. And so I actually stumbled across, um, website, it's a couple years old, it's from 2017, um, there were a few others that were a little bit current, but this one was a little bit more fascinating to me, because it was little. It was like right at the time, like a big change had happened right at the time, so I thought maybe, just maybe, i check this out, so it was from nationalpost.com, and it talks about how they, uh, they had this first human head transplant on two different corpses, so I thought, well, why is that a big deal, they're dead, like, why do we care? So, <laughs> you know, like, how does that help us? Um, you know, because I'm no medical physician. I'm no nerd with that kind of thing. I don't know. Um, so I dug a little deeper. And it seems like such an obvious thing now that I've read it. But it's a big deal because they were able to attach pieces of, of the spine and keep the jugular intact and all these main veins while severing these heads and attach them to another body and kind of and imagine it like, hey, this could maybe work. Now would they be able to do, do it on, you know, <laughs> two two live people yet? Probably not. You know, this seems like there's a lot of work. I took them, I believe they said it was 18 hours to do it just on two cadavers, um, and they swapped them is what they did. Instead of taking one and putting on the other and just saying, oh, we don't need this one anymore, they they swapped the heads. Um, and so it was kind of kind of interesting. And so they were they were talking about how the next step beyond that would be to do a transplant between. Um, two brain dead organ donors which is like holy cow like they're alive but brain dead and again you really have to be like yeah it's cool go ahead and cut me open like I'm I'm, you know cut cut my head off I'm dead um uh and then if they do that like what's what's it what what happens to those people like so this got me thinking like it's exciting but also kind of scary if you think about it um, I mean, that doesn't really help two brain-dead people, but I understand why they do that. Like, the brains aren't going to do any differently on two different bodies just because the brain itself is dead. That's the main hub there, right? Um, and, you know, and they used to say, like, brain transplants and stuff, but, you know, I guess, like, all of you is in your brain, so they they figure instead of cutting out a brain and trying to put it in another body, they just want to swap. They, just, they think it's safer to take the whole head and put it on something new, which I imagine would be a little, a little interesting. Um already and so i guess part of the experiment started from them working on like donor mice and um and and like some dogs and rats um and so what they would do is they would take like which which i guess i kind of get but also it's kind of cruel is they would take the head of like one mouse for instance and they would attach it to another mouse so it had two heads but they want to see if they could still get it to connect and work and i guess what had happened was they did have uh, the the one that the donor which would be the one they took the head from and the recipient uh, rat let's call it um, it would still survive for like another two or three days before finally it would just become overwhelmed with all of a sudden I have another head uh, and uh, you know and and pass Uh, which again sounds like really crazy but I guess this kind of thing all the time but but one thing you know for those of you who are a little nervous I don't don't know if this is true with all all scientific uh research facilities but for any places that experiment on animals like rats or mice or or gerbils or guinea pigs or whatever have you um they have to treat them like royalty before you know they get fed x amount of time they have like optimal air conditioning they um they get like social interaction time they get like they have to treat them uh with a certain level of, of respect and social um, norms for what these creatures would do in the wild because otherwise like they're just picking up these rats and testing on them and, and, and so I guess there are rules put in place to avoid as much animal cruelty and to help them have as much of a comfortable life as they can. You know kind of like how they cows that are to be slaughtered, they' are cows that are treated much better and they have a nice life and they get to live a certain amount of time and they get interaction and they get you know love and everything. Um, so in most instances, I can't, again, I can't speak for all of them, but I do have people in my life who work in that field who say like, oh, you know, the, the rats that we work with, uh, like I know a guy who's working on, uh, trying to come up with better ways for like different eye surgeries and, uh, eye medications, like uh, cutting edge stuff. And they use, uh, rat eyes. And, um, you know, he said like for the first couple weeks, they just, those rats are treated like Kings and Queens and they. You know, they're treated really well, and they have a lot of social interaction, and they play with them. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, like, you have to spend X amount of time with your job just making sure that they have a life, um, which I think is pretty cool. But still, it's, it doesn't make it any less of a gruesome idea to imagine somebody taking a head of one rat and putting it on another one. But, um, you know, such is, such is that study, I suppose. But anyway, back on track, um, you know, so they, they, they were taking one head from one creature and putting it on another one to see if they could even connect these connect the heads and see if it would work and it looks like to some degree they were working um they called those they call those rehearsals and then they did a full rehearsal on those cadavers and they they found that after about 18 hours or so um that it was successful um i believe this was in china by the way um so yes yes it was a medical university Harbin medical university in china is where they where they did this a few years back uh, again there's probably current studies now but again i wanted to really dig into like when this was like fresh when this kind of was cutting edge at the time um, and uh, so then what really struck me with this article versus other ones that I was reading was the debate um, and, and, and it really got me thinking myself like you know I don't know if I had considered some of these things and so one of them they talked about was um, are we let's just say that it works let's say that we are able to have somebody who has like massive organ failure and they're their brain's healthy, but everything else is just shutting down. They're trapped in their body. And there's somebody else who has a, a body that matches up with theirs, and, you know, they've donated their body to the cause. If you, could, if you could swap their heads, what emotional effects? Like, not even just a physical one. It's not even just, like, having to adapt to the your head, having to adapt to a whole new body that has different ideas and language. Well, no, you'd have the same language, but, like, like speaking I imagine would be weird just because like that's not your mouth and like moving and, and, and acting and, you know, different heights and things like would be a lot already physically for your brain to be like, Whoa, this isn't what I was born in. This isn't this isn't my thing, this isn't what I am. So that might already have its own complications, just getting therapy for that. But uh something they come up with is they say, uh is imagine like the mental um the mental strain that would put on you where you've lived in this body for your whole entire life and then you woke up in something else and you're seeing like it's a different skin tone it's a different feel it's a, you know like you you have somebody else's DNA in you you know like which I mean I guess you don't really think about like you still have your DNA I guess to a degree like in your head but everything else that's somebody else's blood that's somebody else's organs. That's somebody else's, uh, you know, their cells. Uh, that's got to be, you know, if if you really think about that, that's got to be freaking trippy, man. Um, you know, and it's not to say that we, we have anybody who can give us that kind of account, at least that I know of. Um, still, I mean, I guess that's true. I mean, that would you need a lot of therapy just to do that. Um, and, and a lot of, there are some skeptics in here that, you know, they call it the noggin exchange. and They would say they say it's very reckless. Um, and they say that a lot of people think that even outside of the mental and the emotional damage that it may do is that there are a lot of skeptics who say, like, if you can't even fix, like, a spinal cord that's severed, like, for people who are paralyzed indefinitely or permanently, I should say, um, how are you going to do this? How are you going to actually make sure that this functions with the real person? And... Um, know which I think is also a good a good point you know if you can't if you can't make somebody who can't walk anymore walk then I mean gosh how are you how are you doing this Um, so um, you know but some of them say that there are cutting edge technology cutting edge technologies that are that they're finding more and more ways to repair spinal cords that could give people a chance to walk again Um, but uh, it's a um, it's not clear if if it works, but, like, these guys look like, at least according to this article back then, I have to do a little bit more research, but they're, they're full steam ahead on it, like, it's just, it, it said skeptics aside, like, their organization's like, yeah, let's keep, let's keep going, you know, so, they're trying to get the bodies, the, the brain dead, you know, the, 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 the donors, and, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna try. Um, but, like, yeah, one of the quotes in here that really stuck out to me was, um, you know there were some observers um, that criticized the science by press conference that these people were from. Um, they said reconnecting the severed spinal cords from treated from people and restoring the motor function has, even if that's been overcome, it's weird to be able to say you can just stick someone else's head on someone else's body and not really feasible. It's not feasible based on current medical understanding. I've been keen to hear this explanation and how we've got around these issues, and so they're saying, like, like yeah, okay, so you can put the head on there but like uh, how you're, you're not really ex- part of the problem is they're not really explaining uh, they're not really explaining why it would work they're just saying we got this physical part to work now and so uh, you know and, and they admit they don't have all the answers to it but um, but that's a lot of that there, are, there are a lot of variables and, I, and the, the science is very exciting but is it you know, is it is it worth it? Like, do we... You know, I, I think what really got me thinking about all this is, like, even if they even if they had all the answers, if they're like, yes, we can reconnect the spinal cord here, we can put this here, the juggler would attach here, we can get all this to work, we can have somebody wake up in a new body. I mean, then what are we at that point? Um, you know, and, and there's actually one more quote in the article that really stuck out, well, I should say there are two. One's a continuation of the other. Um, one some one person said, if you appreciate uh, the. Th- that the brain is the source of you then you are the same person but if you go on pure mass percentage of body weight you are more the donor than you are yourself you know and i guess i guess that you know there's a there's a there's a point to that um and so they said if you had somebody else's dna running through your system who are you and i guess i guess that's true and i got thinking would I be able to do that like if if I were to if we had the science we had the technology if we had the ability if we had for sure this works a million times we've done it a hundred thousand times it's like you know it's like a hair transplant it's like uh, you know augmentations like it's stuff we've done a million times sure there are chances of complications but 99% chance everything's gonna go swimmingly. okay cool so if I were in that situation where my body was shutting down and my organs were failing on me and they said Adam we can save you we can put you in somebody else's body how you know th- th- that brings up questions to me first of all it just sounds awful but do you get to pick <laughs> or should you get to pick you know like if you're already saying like hey I want to be saved put me in another body who's to say what where you'll end up who's to say um, who's to say that that, you know you'll like what you get but then again like should should it matter um and then you get into that whole debate like well you know what at least you're still alive at least you're still functioning at least you can still talk to somebody at least you can still have a life but can you you know even if you can get past the I'm in a different body that's not my face I have to use it that's being my face now think about it like this somebody else knew this person's that was their body, that's the person that they know. So if we think even outside of the person who's donating, again, let's just say it's me, right? There are people, if I get somebody else's body, that person had a family, that person had friends, that person had a life, and if the people know, like I'm sure that they'd be would you would they be notified? Would the people who said, okay, this is the person's you know, this person donated his body to be used this way, or whatever way you needed to, it just so happens that this person is going to be reanimated, but with a different brain inside of them. How would that affect those who lost that person, if they found that out, or if they saw you? You know, they're like, it's so weird seeing somebody who I saw die, somebody who I lost, somebody who I loved, to vanish, to die, to be out of my life. I I I thought we were burying this person. I had to come to terms with never seeing them moving again. And they would see you walking down the street, maybe. And you're like, what? You know, it's like you're seeing a ghost. Like, I know that if I saw somebody, like I mentioned in a previous episode, that I lost my best friend to a brain tumor uh, many, many years ago. And um, if I knew he donated his body to science and, and to be, to, you know, he donated everything for somebody to use. And that's what happened. They, they used everything except for his brain uh, and his head. You're like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know, like, I know part of that would be, like, if you're using the brain, then, like, I, like, I know if you just take the head and you put it on somebody else, it's less likely that this would happen. But I still think, like, there's more, to, there's more to us than just what our face is, you know what I mean? Like, there's a certain way that you walk and a certain way that you look. And, like, like I know that, that even if we didn't have that same person's he- head and face, like you st- you know like I guess in that in that instance I was thinking like if you just transplanted the brains right but if you transplant the head only which I guess would minimize a lot of that interaction but again you know like these people that's what I'm wondering would they be notified if like hey we're about to <laughs> sever the head of their corpse and, and then don't have somebody else put their head on it like, Part of me feels like I'd want to know. There's part of me that, that thinks maybe it would be best if I didn't know. Uh, I mean, because I guess you don't really know when somebody takes organs out of your body. So would they tell you if, like, the whole body's being used? I don't know. Like, I know that there's a lot of what ifs and if. Because there, there are researchers that are saying we're not going to transplant the head. We're going to just take the brain out. That might be safer to keep it in its fluids and just transplant it into another, and another head and sew it up. So and that's, if that's the case, and that comes with its own series of complications, uh, and, but I can see how that would minimize those complications if you transplant the head only. But, but again, like, that, those people would know. <laughs> I feel like you'd want to know. I don't know if I would. Um... But then if we come back to me, again, I know, and I know how I think. I know, all right, I get to keep my face. I get to keep my eyes. I get to keep my hair, whatever, right? Or do I? (laughs) I mean, like, how is that going to change? Like, with this new DNA surging through me, like, is my hair going to grow indifferently? I have somebody else's genes, you know? Is what's going to change? Is my face going to change? Is my, you know, you don't know because now you're mixing, you're mixing DNAs and not in the way that you make a baby, I'll tell you that, um... Which would be an interesting study on in and of itself, but so if you think like from that person's perspective, all right. So let's just say it's a head transplant and not a brain transplant, right? So I get I get everything. I get my face, right? Then I know how I think. I know that this is not my body. I know that this is somebody else's body. I know I know personally I would want to be able to contact those people and say, hey, you know, I, I, I'd be weird, you know. But like, think about a woman who lost her husband, and and I got his, I got his body. Maybe not his head. You know, I know for me, I'd want to, you know, sh- never get to hold that person's hand again. I feel like for me, I'd want to be like, hey, do you want to like? If I got past the identity disorder already, you know, would I be able to talk to that person and say, hey, I know this is gonna be a little weird, but I mean, I'm in this dude's body. <laughs> again they may not tell me at all who it is it might be better that way but i know that i'd want to know and i'd pester the doctors and the surgeons and the hospitals in the morgue and be like who was this who did i get who who gave this to me you know if i got an organ donated to me already from somebody who passed i'd want to know i'd want to be able to thank their family i'd want to be able to pay my respects to that person so if i got a whole freaking body what how do you go about that i don't know um I guess it's just me just talking out loud with this kind of thing and thinking out loud with it because it's a lot of there are a lot of variables here that really got me thinking, you know. I, and this article in particular really dives in mostly with the recipient because obviously like that's where it all starts is like how are they going to react to it? But even if they assimilate, like who's to say who's to say what that'll be like, you know, and and will there always be like, you know, cuz imposter syndromes a real big thing and imposter syndrome is more of a mental thing with like jobs or positions or friendships but I mean you may feel like an imposter like there are people that you know have survivor's guilt just from not even not even like shootings and attacks but just from like places where maybe they got in a car crash and they were sure they would die but they didn't and there are people who never get over that where they're just like maybe I should have died that day um, so if you're living for X amount of years longer and you inherit all these things from this new body I don't know man Part of me feels like maybe that's just the way it should be. Like, I know that sucks, but I think that would really, I think that would need to be a therapy that you'd have to go through before you got that done. Like, you would have to really be like, look, you're gonna be put on a new body. You're gonna keep your head Um, and this is, this works. But like, I think you'd really need to get to know, like really have some sort of like continuing therapy before the surgery even happened. You know, and I'm sure they'd have something like that to prepare you, but this, th- I think this would be like the biggest deal of ever, you know, of all time to do that. Cause it's not like we're freezing your body. We're like, we're, we're you're not going to have the same one. Everything's going to be different. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that have body dysmorphia as it is. What if you're one of those people and maybe you're really excited and you're like, you know what, maybe I'll feel better about this next one. Now, how do you shop for that? Like, how do, how do you know? Do they show you like a picture of people with their heads cut off? Like, this is your new body. It looks just like your old one. You know, I don't know. I think that would be hard. I think there'd be a lot of, you know, even if the technology's there, I think there would have to be some other steps, like actually a lot more steps even leading up to that for the person to be mentally and emotionally prepared for it. Even if they don't want to die, I think that's a lot to take in that they need to realize about themselves. That's a whole new level of torture that you may be putting yourself through not realizing it. And again, that's not including all the physical stuff that you'd have to acclimate to. Um... It's crazy. You know, it's been it's been really boggling my mind all day today and I had to talk to someone about it and I thought who better to talk to than myself about it? But to myself in a recorded platform or maybe other people might also hear the dumb things that I'm <laughs> that I'm talking about. Um but I'd be interested to hear what everybody else thinks. Um you know and also, uh, you know, just to kinda do a little plug here, if you guys don't mind leaving a review once in a while, you know, like give me four or five stars, whatever it is on the on the app of your choice. That would mean a lot if you want to give me a review. You know, give me honest. If you don't like it, if you think it's a one-star um, podcast, let me know. I'd love to know why and uh, do better <laughs> about it. Um, but I think I'm going to wrap that up for now. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep rambling because it's such an exciting but also, like, emotionally taxing and trying idea. I just don't have all the answers right now. and um, but it's fun to talk about. So if they do brain transplants... Uh, you have to come up with a whole other thing, because you have a whole new face entirely. You have to do head transplants, like mentioning in this article, that might be a little bit easier to acclimate to, but I guess it just depends on the person you are, you know, before you get it done. Um, fun topic, fun stuff. But, all right, I think I'm going to wrap it up here, um, but as always, sincerely for everybody who makes it this far, uh, really, I appreciate you so much. It's still very early on in my podcasting career, so I'm um, hoping this continues and that people like it. Um, so thank you for listening to all the all the way through and giving me support and, and giving me feedback when you do. Thank you so much. Um, but as always, from the bottom of my heart, uh, I hope that you're taking care of your mind and taking care of your heart. And most importantly, taking care of one another out there. And I'll talk to you guys later. So keep your brains healthy.